Yeah, uh-huh, listen up, yeah, I can see you're new to this You ain't got no job, you ain't got no experience You're entry level, you ain't got no qualifications, baby You're entry level Your entry level, baby. Your entry level. Ooh, yeah. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm here with the man I've been with all weekend, Nick Turner. I can't get away. <laughs> you can't. I literally, I literally went home and then texted you. I was like, hey, can you record? I've been away from you for 45 minutes. <laughs> yes, that's not true. It's 57 minutes. You're 57 minutes I into know, Chuck I, and I Larry. Just, I've been recording the exact... No, I. this was in the middle. I don't know who was watching <laughs> it last night. I just turned on Netflix. This was available. I, I pressed play. I came over to Nick's house. He's watching Chuck and Larry. He's 57 minutes in. He's very intrigued. I recorded with Nick Matterot the entire time. Uh, Well, you did great. Uh, we just got back from the Kern River. We, we went gold panning. You could go listen to Get Rich Nick. With, uh, how much gold do you think you guys made? Oh, my gosh. How much I money? Mean, we probably got, I said $5, but Nick said $10. Really? Gold. So two days, four people camping, supplies and all that. We're in the hole only about $200. Well, I'm not factoring in you and Lyra because you did not pan for gold. I did too. I left my gold with you. You, uh, you had my little bits that of gold. That is true. You did pan for about half an hour, and it was fun. I, we found fun, actual yeah. little flex. It was incredible. Um, okay, but let's just get straight. Let's just get straight to it. I don't want to waste any time, but we got some good listener mail this week, and uh, from Rachel, I'm starting a new segment. We will just call out people who you do not like, who were your bosses, and so this is to Steve from Rachel. Fuck you and your mom. So there we go. We did it. Oh, I, w- I was expecting it to get a little more specific. Nope. I just told her I'd tell him to go fuck off. Uh, right. He's just a terrible boss and he ran into the business and his mom came in and he was terrible too. And she was terrible too. Uh, let's get to this week's listener mail. This is very good stuff. It's from Tyson. He goes, this isn't really a terrible job straight, but Turner, you and I have heard a bad stand-up uh, audience, bad stand-up stories of like, you. I had to do it in a laundromat. This tops every stand-up Sto- horror story I've ever heard. Okay, better be good. <laughs> it will. Be. <laughs> That's okay, hold on. I know it's a lot. It's a yeah, it's a I'm... big thing to say. This, this is the worst stand up experience I've ever heard of. Um, this isn't really a terrible job story, uh, but it's definitely the most bizarre job I've ever worked, and three of the strangest hours of my life of my life. So last year of my life of my life. So last year I got my first paid gig doing stand up. Incredible. Congratulations. Uh, somebody. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> how? How do you get paid? Somebody I knew from the open mic scene in my city messaged me asking if I wanted to do, do a show. 10 to 15 minutes pays $20 Incredible. and they wanted underage comics, which I was at the time for an underage audience. I told him I was in and he put me, him and a third comic in a group chat with another guy, a teacher who was running the event. Everything is underage. Is that 18, 21? 21, I'm guessing. Everything seems normal. The teacher tells us that he works at a project-based charter school, and the student's current project is to figure out how to create under-21 venues uh, at the city's annual music comedy festival. Since mm. venue, since venues serve drinks, the idea is that he had to put a comedy show on a shuttle bus that goes between venues at the festival. 
where no drinks were allowed. Our show was just going to be a trial run of that idea to see if people could tell and laugh at jokes while on a moving bus. Already in batshit insane. <laughs> we show up and it seems like the teacher is kind of stalling for a while. He gives us a tour of the school, shows us the recording studio, etc. It was a cool place. There's I've, really that should work because all it is is an enclosed space with tight people. Hold it on, should work. Yes, no, it should work, but it, it gets crazy. Uh, I figure we're probably waiting for students to get out of classes, so we'll have our crowd. Uh, I was almost right. We had, I think, three kids join us, and then the teacher let us out of the building, and we just start walking. So where are we going? I ask him. The bus station, he says. All right. Uh, so, okay. So not a shuttle bus I was expecting uh, in, from the description. We're going on a city bus. That's fine. They probably have arranged for us in advance. We show up to the bus stop and find out our bus, which happens to be the one um, where there was a there's a fight breaking out. Uh, the driver had to break it up and get the guys off the bus. In light of the fight, the teacher decides he should probably check with the bus driver if it was okay that we do a comedy show there. He did not plan on doing this before a strategy he repeatedly called guerrilla style. So they're going on a city bus. That's not as uh, much of a home run. Wait, no, hold on. The bus driver gave us the go-ahead. and So the bus driver was like, I don't give a shit. Okay. Uh, we all got on this bus, and the students set up the PA system until uh, the students set up the PA system as we've been wheeling down for three blocks. Oh, also, uh, we all had to pay the bus fare. So he had to pay to get on the bus. That's so funny. That he is going to do stand-up. The school did not cover it. To be clear, the 20 or so riders of this bus were not expecting to be participants in this comedy show, nor were they willing. I don't think half of them spoke English, which is unfortunately uh, the language all of our jokes were in. No fights broke out during the show, but one of the bus patrons did heckle the first comic by telling him he was going to jerk off to the video he was taking later. Oh, I don't like that. Halfway through my set came... Oh. Uh, Halfway through my set came to the stop that the majority of our audience was waiting for. Or I bombed so hard they were willing to walk. Who's to say? By the time the last comic went up, there were four people on the bus who didn't come with us. We also lost two of our students halfway through who I guess were just taking the bus home. We finished our show about thirty minutes in about 30 minutes. So they did 30 minutes on a public bus. I, I mean, <laughs> I hate this so much. I can't. I hate it for everyone involved. I can't. He said, but then uh, he said, but then we just had to sit on the bus until it's finished its route, and we could go back to where we started. I think we spent more time riding the bus than we did performing. When we finally got back to the school, the teacher went inside to find petty cash to pay us, but decided it was going to take too long, so he'd just get it to us later. The comic who hooked me up with him um, through the comic who hooked me up with him. I got the I got the money two months later, so it's technically like two seventy five in the hole for the gig until then from the bus fare. Uh, after typing this all out, I realize it's a super long story, uh, and I don't feel like I can talk about it in my scene because I don't want to seem ungrateful. Um, look, Tyson, you can talk about this being crazy. Everyone agrees. Look, I think that me and you might not be the best people to tell what what they should say to not seem ungrateful. <laughs> That's true. We don't. We're not very grateful. <laughs> we're not grateful people. But this is nuts. Have you? What is a worse stand-up gig than? On a no, city bus to so un stupid. It's insane. It's, it's a bringer show, except the people weren't like planning on being there anyway. Like, <laughs> he, I'm leaving. I'm not riding a bus forever. <laughs> this is so much worse than this reminds me of the time that we did a, a comedy show inside of Chelsea Market. 
in uh, New York. I don't know. It's a it's like a very fancy, expensive, tiny mall mm-hmm. that just has gourmet stuff. And so John Friedman set up a show every month, and it was just they set up a PA and chairs in the hallway of this mall. Right. And people walk by and never stop. Literally no one. Not one person in the chairs. So you're doing your set <laughs> for 10 minutes. People don't stop. Right. They're just walking by. You're just yelling at people mm-hmm. as they walk by. And you got 20 bucks. That sounds nice. I did yeah. an outdoor show in Miami as part of a Comedy Central Festival. Uh, and similar situation. Nobody sat in the chairs. People walked by. The only difference... They taped it and put it on Comedy Central. <laughs> I was like, don't do that one. Tape a different one. Let's tape it. Let's not do this. Also, it was any tape. It was so hot out and I was sweating so much the whole time. It's awful. Um, all right. Tyson, great, great freaking email. That's a nightmare. Uh, I don't think if you have a worse stand up gig and you're listening to this, email it in. I, I, I cannot fathom one beating that. Um, uh, and we'll get to the rest of this listener mail And the next week or the week after you guys are crushing it If you have any emails Email in entry level with Brooks Whelan at gmail.com Alright guys listen to Brooks Whelan On this week's Get Rich Nick That's right where we go paying we for, gold. for gold We did we absolutely did and we found it um, And uh, enjoy This week's episode oh also hey The mugs are for sale you want a mug Get a mug uh, enjoy this week's Episode do you know who we got Nikki? It's yeah. who? Uh, we got uh, Ron White, baby. Big get. We got him. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Just as Next funny, time. if okay. funnier. Okay. Actually, funnier. Funnier than Ron White. I'm calling you out, Ron White. Wow. You're not anything compared to Chris Fairbanks. Whoa! Oh! You're right. He's hysterical. That's a good one. Yeah. He's the best. That's You'll love the guy. stories of Chris Fairbanks growing up in Montana. He's a great guy. He's a great comic. Just drank with him under a bridge the other day. This actually, the interview, what me, I interviewed Fairbanks, and then he was like, oh, this is so great to see somebody. And I was like, I'm actually going to Bat Point to drink with uh, Rutherford. And then I invited him. Cornell and came. Fan favorite, Cornese. Cornese came. And then Turner had to get on the action. And you then Fairbanks, we needed fresh eyes on Bat Point. He goes, yeah. why are we up here? Why aren't we under the bridge? Yeah. And so we went under the bridge and drank beers as men in their 30s and 40s. And it was a great time. Bye. Oh, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm here with a great friend who I assumed had done this podcast. And then Matthew Schaefer over on the Patreon was like, will you interview Chris Fairbanks? I said, I already have. Go back, listen to it. I looked for it. I have not done it. Here he is, Chris Fairbanks. Hey, it's great to be back. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, I just assumed. I was like, of course I've had Chris Fairbanks on. Go listen to it. I'm going crazy, I guess. It was funny. A long time ago when Meltdown ended, uh, they had like a party and, mm. and Dave Clock was signing posters and stuff. And I think I did that show when Chris Hardwick was had a special like, here's comics I like night and it had nothing to do with Kumail and uh yeah and um Jonah Jonah Ray uh but I told Kumail I was like yeah I've never done Meltdown and he's like yeah yeah you have and even Emily was like oh yeah you've done it multiple times I'm like <laughs> well I'm not I'm not on the poster and all the names of all and yeah. they were like looking at the poster they're like Weird, we must have left you out of the poster. I'm like, no, I'm telling you from my human experience. Well, we all, it's, you know, I get it. We, we just have such nice times with you. We assume you've done it. They thought because of how enjoyable I am out in the streets. Yes. That I had been on their, their TV comedy concert program. <laughs> no. 
Uh, Not at all. Incredible. Uh, well, I get it. I can't. I can't fault them for that. Um, you Neither just... can I, and I don't. Well, <laughs> and I enjoyed uh, Stuber. <laughs> I just watched. Really? It. Yeah, I did. Did you? I there. I think there's something about this uh, being locked in our apartments. One, as I'm talking to my plants. God, I could have some conversations. Yeah, in here. Gabs is good at plants. I have one just like that. Okay. I wait, that's by my bed, so that's mm-hmm. my morning chats. But uh, <laughs> I live alone. I don't have a pet. Okay. And I'm watching movies, and I'm like, oh, she seems nice. I'm just saying shit out loud. Yeah. Well, I haven't watched Stuber. I just got... Watch it. I watch a lot of just campy comedy, you know, not that that's the category it falls into, but there's a lot of great jokes in it. Okay. I mean, Kumail's a fucking... He's he's a good actor. He's a very funny guy. And so is that, whatever, that wrestler... Uh, Batista. Yeah, he's... Great. People, I've, I've talked about it before in this podcast, but when I moved to Chicago, I thought I was good at stand-up comedy. I did an open mic, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. The guy who followed me was Kumail, and I was like, I'm fucking terrible at this. He oh, was like so funny. 10 years ago or more? Yeah, like 2006 or something. Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. just like, he was already Kumail, and I was open micer Brooks, and I was just like, what the fuck? I thought I was good at this. And it was, he was, I remember his set exactly. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, and I tell him about it when I when I see, when I used to see him. I don't fucking see him anymore. But um, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, those jokes are terrible." I go, "Not to me, man. Those are fucking perfect." It's weird to think that I could have gone to a show during that time in Chicago, and all a bunch of my future friends would have been there. Yeah, no, that they were so nice to me when I moved out here. But okay, Chris Fairbanks, you just had a special come out. We're promoted at the end. Sure. Uh, if you don't know Fairbanks, check him out. One of the funniest dudes ever. We had a great trip up to San Francisco. We did. I was going to bring that up. We took a little road trip. We did. That's probably why I thought we had this, because you and I drove to San Francisco, yeah. shared the tiniest hotel room I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I bombed so hard. On- I bombed harder. Oh. Everyone. <laughs> I, I bet everyone that everyone that you would talk to, I was calling and asking if they would take it down. <laughs> We did like a CISO show. Yeah, it was a CISO show. Let's not say any more. People will watch it. Yeah. I, uh, but everyone left feeling kind of, There's a lot of comics that are like, don't get emotionally affected by having a bad set. Right. So they'll be like, eh, that could have been better. Mm-hmm. Like emotionally stable. No. Every- but I was, well, I wanted to wander the streets after that and get in trouble. Like uh, I, that, dude, I was feeling bad. My problem with that, they had a guy running the light. And they had, uh, you know, set times. And it was like, uh, host from 7 to 7.10. And then, uh, you know, whoever. Like, Moshe Cashers from 7.10 to 7.20. And then Brooks Whelan, 7.20 to 7.30. He did not fucking put it. He did not. He was. Tr- he just started lighting me at 7.30 when I got on stage at like 7.28. I remember getting an early light on yeah, that, too. he lit too, me that- like two minutes in. I'm like, what the fuck? I ignored so mine. I knew I'm like they he made a mistake. Yeah, but he's so. like flashing at me and I'm like, dude, yeah. we're taping this. Knock it off. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, that I remember that being it's <laughs> like they didn't a lot for the time that would happen in between comedians. Hi, okay. Kitty. All right. Moo oh, is uh, my little oh you she loves my wooden leg. Moo is molesting. Oh, oh my god. god. Those are real claws. Those are real claws. <laughs> Those are real. That okay. I know it's not a fake cat. Yeah, no. Yeah, I got like little battle wounds all over the place. Um Yeah, it's hard with a kitten because you want to play yeah. with a kitten. You wanna mm-hmm. Yeah, he bit through your hand on their belly and and then they grow up to be clawing assholes. Yeah, you're just supposed to enjoy kittens from a distance. Oh yeah, he bit through my lip in the morning the other day. (laughs) 
And I, I, you can't. Yeah, he's a baby. But you I was know like, what you do. Oh my god, it's fucking my lip is bleeding. That's your chance to put a gauge in there. <laughs> sure, that's true. Okay, so we drove up to San Francisco. We had a, the freaking best time. Yeah, yeah. On that car ride, we talked was, about so much. Oh yeah, I was real. I think we were both sad. I know I was. Yeah, yeah. You were going through relationship stuff. It's likely I was too. Yeah. And uh, that well, that that yeah. was well, my uh, ex had lived in Sonoma and we would we had driven back and forth to Sonoma together so many times. And this is my first trip on, the, you know, on that thing. And I had Chris Fairbanks to uh, as emotional support for. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you were reliving every drive you took with yeah, her. Yeah, it the, was an, it was the uh, sounds of Delta spirit. Oh man, we were loving Delta Spirit. Yeah, you introduced me to that band. It was so fun. And then I had a wonderful night in San Francisco. Every time I'm in San Francisco, I'm like, I should why don't I live in San Francisco? And then I look at the money and I go, Oh no, that's why I didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always been even when I was a kid, because my dad uh used to live in Monterey and I was a baby there, so I lived there too. I lived with him. That's the way we worked it out. (laughs) We were roommates. And then uh before we moved to Montana, but he would always drive from Mon- Monterey to install alarm systems in Oakland, which is quite a drive. It's like a yeah, couple hours he drove. But that, like the classic alarm system where it's a bell and you have a toggle switch, like yeah. that was one of his side gigs along okay. with the radio. But, so we would always, my whole life, I think, part, my mom and, and dad both missed that area so much that I'd gone there since I was a kid and it was so exciting to go there, but I knew I didn't ever really want to live there. Even when I was a skateboarder, I'm mm. like, that's the city you go become a pro skateboarder in. We're th- I remember cause we drove over what's that uh, Island that connects Oakland and San Francisco and your buddy who manages Thrasher. Yeah. He, he still lives there. The He's editor art- of Thrasher lives there. Yeah. That Island is insane. It's just, it used to be like a, a base for, for, uh, Oh, what's the branch of the military everyone always forgets about? You got your Army, Navy, Air Force, you got uh, your Marine. Space? And then there's no, by sea, the oh, Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Yeah, there's like a Coast Guard base there okay. that is empty now. Mm-hmm. And it's the scariest, dilapidated, windowless yeah. buildings. Kids go there just to throw rocks at what used to be a fancy hotel. Right. Dude, it's, 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 it, it fits the editor of Thrasher's vibe so much. Yeah, I was like, yeah. of course the editor of Thrasher lives on an island in between Oakland and San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They have these old apartments, and it's inexpensive, and but they are they're it'll be rich person condos for soon. sure, for sure. Um, but that was a great time. We were a very funny comic, but we were talking right before we got in. We we're like, what do we do? We gotta get we gotta get on the air. You're from Montana, which is my favorite state. I've only been to like twice. Yeah, yeah, it is the best. Um, it, and I'm you're about to go there. I am. I just got my COVID test yesterday. As soon as I get what will likely be negative results, mm. I'll drive up to my compromised father How <laughs> and, and casually <laughs> sneeze in his face. But there's a whole drive up there, you know. Yeah. I'm just going to wear a sneeze guard thing and you're, you're, gloves. When Gabs, I, just got t- Gabs gets tests every week for her job, and I'm like, well, that's me too then. Um, yeah, but okay. So how long is that drive? Because I'm I'm planning on spending all of August in Wyoming and Montana. Yeah, it'll well that if you're adding that you would drive a different route. I well, mean, I'm doing a route that maybe isn't the best idea because I do want to go through the Bay Area yeah. and everything. So I'm it would it'd be better for you to drive up. Yeah, Rocky go Mountains. to Salt, Salt Lake City because I want to yeah. stay at the Tetons first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's. So when you see those mountains, do know, like when you look at the Tetons, 
mountains aren't necessarily that big in Mon- Montana. No, like I've I've stay I've I've camped at the Tetons before. They yeah. are like pretend. They're like what you think a mountain should look like is yeah. exactly those. Yeah, you go there or you go to Banff, you go up into Canada, and you're like, oh, these are the Rocky Mountains. Montana has them. I mean, like Glacier Park is mm-hmm. mountainous, but I grew up in Missoula, which is. Kind of a cool city because it it's used very to be cool city. a like a glacial lake at one point. It's a college town too, right? Yeah, yeah. Liberal arts college town. No one goes to that school anymore because liberal arts. What's the future in that? People are <laughs> business minded now, yeah. and uh, they aren't doing amazing with their attendance. But uh, I, yeah, I went to college in my hometown. Oh wait, you went to, Miz- but you were explaining why Missoula is cool. It's just old. It, was- it is just, you know how Austin is kind of the artsy liberal nucleus yeah. in an otherwise mm-hmm. red state. That's kind of the case with exactly with the same with Iowa city. Cause the university of Iowa is there. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's like not it's young people who are like these guys, like five miles out. You're like, this is fucking wild. Yeah. And then yeah. you go to this town. It's fun. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Dude. I forget who else I, okay. You're from Montana. Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam. Yeah, he's my buddy. That's, yeah. I know you told I me that. that it guy. blew my mind. So yeah. you, have you skated with him? I have not skated. I've skated with him, but I haven't skated. He has his own private park. Uh, park. Yeah, it's a big, deep pool, and I'm not the best pool skater. Oh, so okay. whenever I'm there, I'm like, hey, guys, let's street skate or skate these curbs or skate yeah. a mini ramp or something. I'm, <laughs> yeah. And lately, the last few years, I hadn't been able to skate until this year. I'm finally getting Right, because you, yeah, your knee was... I got a hip replaced. And so prior to the replacement, it was just mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much drinking and drug doing and everything bad was because I had all this surging pain yep. in the core of my body because it just went down my leg. It went up yeah. my back. I, it was hard to figure out where it was coming from. And then finally, a doctor's like, you have no cartilage. Not it's anything just, I did. Bone scraping on bone. I thought that it was something I did. Maybe I did hurt myself at some point. And uh, I had a weird leg or something, so I walked funny. But he said I had no cartilage, Yikes. like an old 80-year-old man. He mm. said he hadn't seen. I wow. Had, he's like, you must be in a lot of pain. And so now that I'm used to this thing, and it's just lubricated by my own body's juices. Yeah. I don't know how the hell it works, but I've metal a metal joint. And uh, it feels great until I fall on it. Yeah. So I wear padded shorts. Everyone that I skate with, one they, they just must be like, God, he's got a big old square <laughs> ass. I like these hockey shorts that I put under my pants. Bend over to pick up my board, and I hear them all go, oh, God. You're like Trump in <laughs> diapers. Yeah, they call me SpongeBob. I just figured out why. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's it's it feels good now, though. I've been running. and That's incredible. Okay. Yeah. Oh, quick side note, then we'll get into the podcast. How do you know – how did you meet Jeff Amitt? Just – uh, proper Missoula guys or he's, did you know him growing up he's I did I looked at old photos and I'm like he's in the background here just no one was saying raising their hand and right. saying he's the guy from Pearl Jam if he's not wearing that purple North Face jacket from the I'm still hungry video or what <laughs> or one of his wacky hats yeah you don't know it's him because he's just a skater dude with Right, old vans with duct tape. Like he doesn't blow his money on things, but yes. Also, so here's no a thing I'm putting together. Jeff, I love Pearl Jam, um, very much. And Jeff Amon is like the most artistic guy in Pearl Jam. He like does all the cover art. He's like super artistic. You're the most artistic comedian that I know. You're an incredible drawer. It's just a fucking Missoula thing. I dude, I 
it sounds dumb to say that, but all my friends that had that didn't focus on art uh, for most of their teenage years, like we all draw when we're kids, yeah. but we did like this fundraiser for the skate park there, which I'll talk more about Jeff because he's he puts up skate parks all around Montana in like he even pays out of pocket with Pearl Jam money, I think sometimes. But he also went to he grew up with the one of our senators, this tester guy. And, oh, wow. Uh, and he they figured out how to allocate money and That's they so put fucking... parks in reservation towns like that... these Native American. kids. Yeah, dude, I remember he really resonated one time with me in an interview. He said where it sounds like he's fixing it because he said he would grew up angry at his parents for making him live there because there was. It sucked, he said. He hated it. He wanted to be in a city. And so now he's going back and making where he grew up cool. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Totally. Yeah. He lo- he's a hardcore Montana guy yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hated Iowa. And now I'm like, you don't talk about Iowa. I, it's great. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has a little pride, I think. Okay. I never did. But yes, if you leave, you you go back. Want to, like, I love Montana now, but I was the same way when I was a kid. I was like, why am I not? We lived in California. I could have been some <laughs> blonde-haired surfer guy. I don't know how it would have changed my right. hair. You know, sun in. I'd spray sun in. Yeah. And uh, I always wished that. But then I lived at the beach the last few years, and I'm like, God, the mountains and pine trees are pretty damn cool. The right. beach is kind of always the same. Right. And you know I'm not a huge surfer, right. uh, or, I, or a small one. I'm really, <laughs> I'm not even uh, any sized surfer, but... Uh, but I go back to Montana and I just around my dad's house, just hiking behind his house is is uh, is Patty. Patty yeah, Canyon. I, I talked uh, to you when I because I flew in and out of Missoula when you could fly uh, when, when I went to Glacier and I hit you up. And you're like, you stay at my parents. House. It's like you were so just like stay with them. They love it. My dad loves it. He loves uh, comics and, he, and yeah, he's nice. Reggie, and, oh, oh, the other person I've interviewed who's from Missoula is Reggie. Uh, Reggie Watts. Reggie has a huge Missoula connection. He's Maybe. from Great Falls, okay. which is it's such a huge state. Actually, Great Falls is a few hours away. But okay. as a kid, I remember seeing him. And I didn't put it together that he was the same dude till we were at some festival, I think, in Vegas or something. I overheard him being interviewed, and he said, I'm from Montana. And I looked at him. I'm like, oh, I remember you, dude. That's incredible. Yeah, and I had already known him as the... Yeah, as the the amazing artist he is now. But uh, so we do a show together in Missoula. Every, yeah, he was telling me about that every Christmas. That, you know what? I think that's maybe why I thought I'd interviewed you. We talked about you a lot in his thing and talked about you guys' show in in Reggie's interview. It's Go back and so listen to fun. it. It's so fun doing that show with him. I, I want. I, I would love to come. It's just fucking Christmas. It's so goddamn cold. It's up in yeah, Montana. Yeah, yeah. It's real cold up there. Yeah, it has been. And uh, flying is a nightmare at that t- at that time, especially up there. I'm sure. But let's get into it. Let's. But actually... they know how to fly there. Like it's scarier when it's wet and you're landing in Texas. Right. Uh, if you're in Montana and you're landing on the ice, it's like they they do it every day. Right. And it's heated tarmacs. You know, it's actually not unless visibility is shitty. Mm-hmm. I you don't need to worry flying into. Okay. Well, let's Montana. get into it. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Chris Fairbanks, you're from Missoula, Montana. Mm-hmm. What what was your first job growing up? My first job is, oh, God, I, my very first job was selling coupon books door to door for something like called Serendipity Ventures. Some guy, he seemed like a crime guy in some way. It's, <laughs> he had like a nice office and he's like, what are you here for? Oh, yeah, yeah. The coupon books. That's over <laughs> on this side of the room. Okay. And 
my dad kind of knew this guy through town. I and the, from the look on his face, he didn't trust him. But I would get picked up by some adult, and we one time we picked up the other two salesmen that day, and they were at the elbow room, this this bar that has a dirt parking lot, and it's just a trailer. Uh, they they now have a brick and mortar building, but at the time it was a trailer and was for years. And they were fighting. These two guys were punching each other. <laughs> One had a bloody nose. The other guy's <laughs> eye was swollen shut. And then they just shook hands and got in the car. And I drove with them. <laughs> and we got dropped off. Wait. And grown men, <laughs> those drunk, are your, those are your bosses. drunk and grown men were my coworkers <laughs> that had just fist fought. And I was like sixteen. And we got dropped off in some neighborhood, and I, I got bit by dogs. I got threatened. They just, I'm a kid going door to door. Hi, would you like a coupon book? Oh, here's a coupon for me to be horribly murdered by you in the back of the book. I got bit by dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, so I remember, does, yeah. It doesn't sound like a long job. No, I did it for a summer, and then I sold. I was had all these sales jobs. There's nothing where I'm. I'm not gonna get all into something and put aside my beliefs to be like Cutco knives. You need to have one, old lady. I know they're expensive, but I'm gonna trick you into right. buying the. I just felt so weird, and yeah. so I did bad with Cutco too. That was you did Cutco when I was 17. Yeah. So you went from coupons to knives. Now you're yeah. going door. To, was it door to door knives? Uh, well, Cutco's even worse because they initially they just say. Give us a list of 15 people that you might think, you know, in your family that you and then we'll get a list from them when you go to their house and do your presentation. And I was like, why don't you get your best knife out of the kitchen and see how it stacks up to the petite trimmer? I'm looking at my script (laughs) that I wrote. And then at one point to show how sharp a knife was, I tapped my hand and I was bleeding. And they're like, get the hell out of our kitchen. Like I would I tried so hard. (laughs) There's an episode. This is an episode of It's Always Sunny where Frank's trying to he's trying to show he's doing door to door knife sales. Oh yeah, it's he, about Cutco then. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and he immediately cuts his his like hand so bad. Really? Yeah, he tries to cut through a shoe and he just like, oh god, I got myself. Oh yeah, because I was cutting through stacks of leather like to show how sharp they were. That's where they got the shoe part because you could modify your presentation. Cut whatever you want, but as long as it's leather. So yeah. that was smart to do a shoe. Oof, boy, that's so... <laughs> <laughs> I would just get... I would just show up after a while and be like, can you just sign this form and say that I gave you a presentation? Then I'd just sit and watch Rocky and Bullwinkle uh, with one of my dad's friends while he'd smoke weed or whatever. And, uh, oh God. and then at the end, they didn't want to give me... I didn't sell enough. They weren't going to pay me, and my dad had to write a letter on my behalf. And oh, then my They gosh. finally paid up. So. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. There's so much... Um, yeah, there's They so are much. nice knives, though. I look at the ones that my dad... I forced my dad to buy... <laughs> He you send them, them back, they resharpen them if they break. I mean, I was a kid, and they yeah. still are contractually obligated to replace these knives. In- so incredible. now, if I knew that now, that they really did hold to their word, yeah. I would have been like, here's what hey. A.J. Hankels right. and these other Chicago cutlery, need I remind you, wooden handled knives are outlawed in right. 38 states. For what if? Wow, that was a cats are great. He just did a backflip, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> what if you went back? What if you used your one time to go back in time uh, to go back to tell a 17 year old, these are actually good knives? Yeah, yeah. All right, and, I'm gonna, I gotta go back to the future, but just do, yeah. sell these. You just know 
me yeah. from to you. These are legit. Okay. And, and I cross, go back to young me as a knife salesman. It's right, right under Kill Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I decided yeah. was important. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, man. I had a, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I had, yeah. I had a bad joke idea that Gabs was like, don't even. So might as well do it into my own podcast. Oh, of course. I was like, if I could go back in time, I think I'd molest myself just so I would always have a one-up of like you think your childhood was bad guess what i did to me <laughs> and uh gab's like don't even go there and i'm like it's just so funny to me and she's like well it's not to people who were actually molested i go that's very true it yeah i thought about that a lot in promoting this special a lot it was the worst time ever to be promoting anything yeah. other than hey Hey, People we are to, getting murdered. Yeah, defund uh, the police. This yeah, is everyone should. We are having a pandemic, and then all of a sudden, hey, a bunch of comics famously are rapists now. It's oh, like, fuck. and it was right. I kept postponing the release of my yeah. special. Not because I didn't want people to see it, but right. But you just didn't want you want to promote it, but you don't want to you don't want to get in the way of what the important message is. And I think people were calling me out in the beginning of it. They're like, oh. Like, if you're being silent about these things, you're part of the problem, which I kind of agree with. So, or I do agree with, but yeah. I was like, yeah, but I, I want people to watch this. And they're thanking me that it's out right now at this time where yep. people want to laugh. But No, it's totally fine if you're putting out a product. But my pr my promo had uh, a light pedophile joke, like a, uh, I'm not going to molest your kid. He's a redhead. Right. Whatever. I I had, it. It's just like a dumb line. And I... Later in the set, make up for it. Like, it's part of an act. Yes. And that was just in the promo, and I was, like, told Whitey, the guy that made my special, I'm like, let's not use the trailer. It's right. Now's not a time to even touch on any kind mm. of sexual indiscretion. Well, it was, it was in the one I'd watched. It was, yeah, yeah. It's a we fine ended, joke. It's also a fine joke. He was putting it out, and after a few days, I'm like, ah, everyone knows. I mean, we're, yeah, we just have, it's it's a very sensitive time, but mm -hmm. it's a fun. You're a funny special. I'm sure as I'm sure it's incredibly. I watched it. It's fine. What the fuck am I talking about? All right, <laughs> let's get back to um, you, the cut code knives. And before yeah, I yeah, said yeah. I, before I said uh, a joke into my podcast that my girlfriend <laughs> said, don't ever <laughs> mention that. That's nothing's gonna make you tell a joke faster than <laughs> yeah, don't. Exactly. You can't tell that joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, I have to be clean tonight? Fuck, shit. <laughs> Jesus isn't real. Uh, uh, why did I do that? So, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know why um, I just, yeah, I really just, wait, you tell me what authority. not to do. I didn't want to do it. Now I want to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's how I've always been. Yeah. Okay. Right. So cut code doesn't go great. You make eight bucks. It sounds because your dad uh, wrote a letter. Yeah, um, yeah. What else is happening in I Missoula? I think I made $450 for the entire summer. Jeez, okay. That what else is not. happening in Missoula, though? Like, you know, how is growing up there? Like, is it like a like bike gangs, like it, bicycles? It changed. Yeah, it is a bike city, but I didn't know. I wasn't comparing it to everywhere else. Well, I thought I, it was normal know. for the mayor of our town to ride his bike to work every day in the snow on a studded, oh, wow. on a studded snow tire cycle, like a 10 speed. Oh, that's would, incredible. The, yeah, I remember it, it, everyone is on bikes there. That's okay. the biggest crime is bike theft. And then you buy your bike back and you're like, oh, cool. It yeah. just has a paint I saw job. a guy riding my bike that got stolen one time and i just ran up and i go get off my fucking bike and he, to his credit he was like okay oh really he grabbed knew. it back yeah what's that here or were you it was were in a iowa kid? city I was oh like, wow that's, that's it was like a really terrible bike it was a jc penny bike it was like fucking steel i'm like nobody has this bike yeah yeah that's yeah my fucking bike and he yeah, was like yeah. okay okay and i just like to, to anyone else on the on the quad that saw that they think i robbed that guy but i was like yeah yeah mine. yeah yeah it's hard to prove it sometimes yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've uh, I never had my bike stolen when I was a kid, but uh, it it is a thing. There's bike theft. They're also in high school growing up. I can't believe how normal it was that out of boredom, like you can say what you want about kids nowadays, just on a device, staying home. No one really goes out. We were so bored. We would drive around drinking and fights. Every, downtown, it was just. You drive under the bridge to maybe talk to a girl or something, and some strange dude from another high school just come up and punch you. Oh my god! Like it was so normal to fight that, and it's not that way anymore. It is kids right. with tight pants riding bikes. It, yeah, it's not everyone so, kind of got so. It was the a shit pretty together. rough and tumble. It, it was. It was like a wild west town. I'd been punched so many times. Oh my god! And I'm a wuss. I'm scared of fights. Yeah. I don't, but I've been in a bunch of them, like groups, <laughs> friends of mine, cowboys against skateboarders 10 people at once and i'm just like pretending to swing at someone so my friends think hey i'm fighting too right. but i was always petrified i only i only saw that once it was not like that in iowa but we went to the south side irish uh, chicago parade uh with my friend pat and it was the only time i've been like we were freshmen in college and he was like oh fuck these are the brother rice guys and i was like what's that mean he goes we got to go fight them and like literally they just started fighting yeah yeah went to a different high school and i was like totally what is that what is this there is there every day at lunch there would be like oh big sky high school is going to be at this pizza place and sentinel because of football i guess i don't know they would just <laughs> you if you had a letterman jack people just start punching i saw guys get knocked out oh. heads get hit by rocks like real fights Oof. big kids yeah we seniors that got on weekends would fight adults like punch people's dads <laughs> and they had trucks they had guns in their trucks everyone had a rifle like Jeez. at a cb rate we would all just listen to the cb i didn't have a cb radio but m my friends just with a subaru we're going to little caesars and then everyone drive there and you yeah. eat a slice of pizza and watch the fights wow. during like the day that's <laughs> during the middle a daytime fight. It's for the night. We all know fight night night times the fight time. These are daytime fights while you eat pizza and and it was a good way to like get a girlfriend or something. Holy shit. I think Missoula has totally changed. Right. That's since incredible. Then. I mean that's that's fucking nuts. That's real that's wild. Um okay. So you do the when do you leave Missoula? Like after high school, what do you do? I knew that I had one chance to go to college where my dad would, I was lucky enough to have a dad that paid for my school because it's yeah. pretty affordable. And if you are from Missoula and you stay in town. Yeah. And so I just got through getting an art degree. I think I was supposed to teach art history when I graduated. What is it, Montana, University of Montana, Missoula? Or is yeah, there there's one in Bozeman uh, that is a, maybe arguably a better school. It's like a, they have a law school. They, have, they had a better art program or things like they were teaching animation and graphic design and things that I knew. Yeah. Missoula's like, here's how you become a studio painter or a drawer. Do you draw naked? One time it was my English teacher coming in naked. Wait, he, time out. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So you were in, so you well, went, that's for, another thing. They so, don't pay teachers much. So you he, went for art. So you're going to just for general art. Uh, this was the, the one with my naked teacher was, uh, was, but I'm saying uh, your degree. Yeah. A bachelor of arts in fine art. That's okay. what I. And so and you're really good at drawing. So you, let me just set this up because you fucking just dropped a bomb out of nowhere. You're <laughs> in. You're. I've never even seen the. Okay, wait. Uh, so you're in an acting. You're in like. I mean, a drawing class where you draw a naked person. Yeah, yeah, like live and, drawing. And class. In walks. At, for that whole year, it was this 
teacher of mine that looked a little like Kenny Loggins and uh, <laughs> just had a swinging hog on him. And he'd be in just normal sitting in a chair. And every day you'd draw him. Like sometimes we'd have to draw him for in the same position for weeks. Right. And, you know, I'd have a late. Pa- Sorry, I didn't turn in this paper yesterday. And I'd hand him a paper just <laughs> above his naked penis. Like, oh here my you go. God. For real? Yeah, yeah. He was a great teacher, too. I learned yeah. a lot. Like, English teacher. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was, my fr- I had a friend, um, I won't say his name, but he's he's a writer on SNL and a good bud. Uh, but and it's a story he tells. Either way, his brother, he went to Harvard, like all of those guys. And uh-huh. his brother also went to Harvard. His brother looked exactly like him. And his brother was a pose naked in the drawing class guy. Oh, and wow. And he had to constantly be like, that wasn't me. Like, oh, like, yeah, that'd be the that worst. Naked. He goes, that's my brother. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Oh, that, yeah, that would be, if you, have, it was a twin or just a brother? His, that his, looked- his brother, I think, is like one year younger than him. They looked very similar. Yeah, yeah, I had two identical twin uh, like back to the fighting thing, one of my identical twin friends was got into boxing and and because uh, we kept getting beat up and he <laughs> and out of boredom, their friend had was a boxer mm-hmm. until he went to Mexico and someone hit his hand with a hammer. You got to <laughs> what? Yeah, he these guys tried to mug him and he started knocking him out and they hit his hand with a hammer against a wall and now he's like a <laughs> boxing coach. He oh doesn't. My good but God. but hanging out at Sam's house, that, that was his name. Uh. Kevin got really good, and Kurt, the other brother, was also tough, but he didn't know. He wasn't a good boxer. Yeah, but everyone was as scared of Kurt. He was like, oh, this is working out great for me. I didn't have to do any of the work because they were identical. But yeah, if one of them got in trouble, like I think we all climbed up on a roof once out of boredom, and then the cops came, and someone crashed through the ceiling and something broke or an awning got ripped because we tried to slide down it. Yeah. Anyway, what I, one of the brothers did that. The other one also got arrested for yeah. it. So yeah, you got to watch out when you have a twin. Yeah. Especially. I mean, go listeners, go listen to the Lucas brothers interview. They would oh, only yeah. accept jobs together as pairs. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're, Great. Their interview is great. If you haven't listened to it, listeners, go listen to yeah, it. Yeah, they are adults that still live together. And like, that's the interesting thing about twins because Kurt yeah. and Kevin were inseparable up to a point. And then when they didn't live together, and one of them got into motorcycles and worked for UPS, and the other one grew his hair out and started collecting swords, it's like, man, you guys are different adults all of a sudden. Right. Don't, yeah, and they don't. Yeah, it's Keith it's, and Kenny still still rocking. Just, yeah, they're keeping that twin life going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, you're, if you're a comic, I think it makes sense to oh, hang yeah, out also, all together. It's, it's also working out really well. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. And the uh, Sklars too. Yeah, like, yeah. So you're going to college in Missoula. What 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 type of jobs could you get in Missoula? I like. Is it, there like like during college? Yeah, just in general. Like, what is the what's the? Do you have a mall? I guess is what I'm asking. I never, I early on was like, I'm going to try and draw things for people for money. And so I was like, in high school, I was painting windows like Happy Holidays. Oh, yeah. And that got into a little bit of like mural work. And I I realized pretty quickly, like if you paint windows from Thanksgiving to a week before Christmas and I, you know, I had a book of designs that my dad helped me make because he used to paint windows and I would make a couple grand, which would last me all that's so year much. like I'm like oh I have a job in Missoula it's real cheap to live so if you have two thousand bucks in the yeah. early nineties you're fine all year yeah when all you want skateboards and sandwiches yeah you know and so I I early on was like okay I gotta have I gotta just be a freelance art guy that's so I never really 
So that's what you did through college? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also live with my dad in his basement, so I didn't have a lot of expenses. No, but, that's, inc- that's great. But so- I never really had, other than those sales jobs, which I thought was enough to carry this podcast. Right. Uh, I, I kind of did it art for people, but I have plenty of stories about that. No, but like you, what are, what are, so when do you leave Montana? And you said you had more Jeff Amon stories about skating. Oh yeah. Just that, uh, I didn't recognize who he was until I looked at old photos and then kind of through this this when he's in Pearl Jam. Yeah. At the peak of it. And no one really knew our friend, Tim, that worked at the music store who later he's like their road manager still. Okay. Tim Bierman was like in a band, the American Music Club, I think it's called. And he moved to Seattle and then got involved with them. And so when Tim was around, that's when we started to realize that's the guy from Pearl Jam. Because yeah. he's kind of doesn't show off who he is. I mean, he, he's a bass player, man. Those guys hang in the back. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he was smart with his money. He never had big divorces. And, and he just he, drives trucks. And now all he does is skate. He's so interested in skateboarding, and he skates all the time and helps build these parks. He's just, so it's we, kind of through skateboarding and skate park right. association stuff, fundraising for the park in Missoula. Incredible. So you're growing, you're in high school, skating around Missoula, and the the basis in the biggest rock band in the world is skating around. I, at, the, at that point, he was in Seattle trying but, to join a band, but I think... Oh, I thought you meant he, he, during Pearl Jam, he came back. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think when he'd come back, he lived in a... I mean, one of the, the photos I have was in a house, apparently, that he owned, and it was at, like at, towards the end of my college years. So he was in town, but I think just going back yeah. and forth. From okay, cool. So when Seattle, did, when but I, just... it's been in recent years that I've actually gotten to know him, and he's just the nicest, most level-headed dude. Everyone in that fucking band is so like, how do they? I I just really like Pearl Jam. I got to meet Eddie Vedder, and he was so fucking nice. like. Oh, there's a poster. The uh, up on the wall is a photo of Eddie Vedder taking a selfie with me. Oh wow, that that's was great. When, that was at SNL. Well, that was when they were playing the Tonight Show, and I went down to watch it. Oh, cool. And cool. he was bummed that they weren't doing SNL that year. And it's funny. I had a girlfriend. From well, I don't know if he was bummed, but he was just like Lauren came. Lauren came down and said hi to Eddie, and he thought that he was like Lauren came down and said hi, and I was like, "Fuck him! You're yeah. cool. You should call. You, yeah. He should be excited to you said hi to him." Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm sorry, you had a girlfriend. No, no. Uh, yeah, I had a girlfriend that was obsessed with Eddie Vedder. Uh, she just loved Pearl Jam so much and him. And then later on in life, she married uh, Bill Hader later in life, and so when they were on SNL. I just knew that she was freaking out. And I think that he did, Bill did a Eddie Vedder impersonation. I don't, I don't I think know. that was a sketch they did. But, sure. But I thought that that was a, I, I always wondered, like, that was pretty, I know that she was probably there when uh, he was on SNL. Oh, yeah. Like, they, super excited they, to meet him. The first thing I did when I got SNL was, because uh, they, they have a server of every old, of every dress yeah, rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just typed in, I looked up when Pearl Jam first played there and I watched their dress rehearsal live and I was like, oh, I love this. this yeah, is yeah. Cool. And then, and then Nirvana, I was like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 Those nineties, uh, SNL. Dude, music, yeah. Music like sh- faith no more where he's climbing around in that fan back there. It's like, incredible. Yeah. 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 All right. Either I way, love who that cares? Shit. I uh, love it though. Yeah, no, I, I freaking either. That, it, that's incredible. So when do you leave? We're just getting, we just, I think we just get each other uh, so excited. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So when do you leave Missoula? I left right when college ended. Mm-hmm. Maggie was going to, uh, that girl I mentioned was going to Austin 
and actually, we were in an improv group together. I was doing improv games at okay, bars. So you you were like getting into comedy? I was in Missoula, yeah. Even towards the end of college, we would have shows on like Wednesday nights at this bar, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it. And then we went to Austin as a group to this improv festival. And I took like a stand-up class from a guy that later would be my friend in Austin, but... Her, that, along with the fact she got into UT and I followed her to Austin. And yep. so actually, if it wasn't for Aggie, I don't think I ever would have done stand-up. I certainly would have just wouldn't have moved to Texas. I would have stayed in Missoula okay, and so you moved, done art stuff, yeah. you know. So you moved to from Missoula to Austin. Yeah, and, and lived there like almost five years. And Okay, and like, um, this is hardcore Howard Kramer days. Yeah, actually, he, I mean, they would come back. Howard and Chip would come back and do shows together, but they had left by the time oh, I moved there. Oh, okay, okay. It's just their mis- they were the guys that made it because they had that MTV show. Yeah, Austin's, and Austin's both, Stories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're talking about Chip Pope, who I have to have on. He's the freaking man. Yeah, he, yeah, you want to talk about music, man. He knows all of it. He's the best. Okay, so you moved to Austin, um, and then you just, Keep freelance drawing and just yeah, start picking up stand-up? That is a town where it's like, right when I went to Austin, I'm like, everything you look at, there are sculptures on top of buildings. They're like, why is there just a chicken dressed like a ballerina on that building? It's just murals everywhere. Just all, I was like, oh, this is a great place to be an artist. So suddenly I'm painting windows uh, in 70-degree weather. instead. In Montana, I would have to bring a hairdryer because it yeah. would freeze. <laughs> Like one time I did a nativity scene of these, this is a good art job uh, fiasco that didn't go well. There was this uh, dealership, this car dealership, and all of the car dealers wanted it to be in a nativity scene because they were Christian, I guess. But how blasphemous. One of them was baby Jesus. His little face was on. (laughs) So I painted. They wanted themselves to be in a nativity scene? Yeah, yeah. So they wanted you to paint them as (laughs) Uh, so I called my dad. I was like, I need your help with this. We, I have to draw like 12 dudes. <laughs> and we went to paint it. And it was so cold out that the paint, it's just temperate paint. You put down a base of White House paint. And then right. and it was freezing on the window. So we had a hairdryer. We had lights behind it to keep the window warm. So you couldn't see what you're doing. Okay. Like, And then the next day, it had, de- it had thawed out. Yep. And then dried as it was like, it was like melting and yep. drying it. So it just, everyone, like <laughs> baby Jesus's eye had slid down, down by the holly baby leaves. Jesus, who's also oh, er- Dave, from <laughs> Dave the mechanic. Everyone, yeah, everyone looked like a burn victim or sloth <laughs> from the Goonies. It was just, it, and we had to scrape it off and yeah. start over like wow. it was a nightmare. They, oh I remember showing up and it was just chaos it was actually kind of cool looking it's like very surrealist yeah everything went salvador dolly overnight and uh <laughs> and yeah it was all melted faces it was insane yeah but they're you're like actually guys this is kind of cooler and they're like we're trying to sell cars man yeah we're not trying to freak people out you think that's gonna sell an f-150 i got my eyeball on my knee <laughs> oh my god okay so you go to austin and you start getting more into stand-up there yeah, yeah, that it, it quickly became the reason I was there. We, it was uh, a pretty cool scene. Like, I I had nothing to compare it to. I mean, I probably would have uh, enjoyed uh, Chicago or, right. or any other town, but, but then, Austin was a cool 
it was a cool scene and it was welcoming and and they're uh, very well that's great and there was you could get work the like the guy that was part owner of cap city was rich miller and he would book all these runs and mm -hmm. so just a couple years in i was getting feature work and it's like oh this could be a job like back then you'd get 600 bucks to feature for a headliner the yeah. pay was better back then isn't that ridiculous it's and, insanity and then i remember it was 500 and it's like wait this is going down yeah well there's more comics do you want it it pays 250 and i'm like fuck yeah so i kind of got spoiled in the beginning just with the access to other clubs and mm -hmm. especially when you move to la and then it's oh like, yeah hey you ain't shit Right. Well, sit okay. down, pay to watch the show that pay you to, want to be on. Yeah, geez, Louise, yeah. man. Um, so you have a nice time in Austin. You're making money. You're drawing and shit. Mm -hmm. What brings you to L.A.? That was the other thing. It was Maggie was like, I'm done with school. She had like a teaching job at UT. And then she we uh, both made this or she made the film. I was uh, it got optioned and then we thought it was going to be a movie. And, and so I, because I improvised a lot in it, I think she was nice enough to give me yeah. half ownership of this movie as okay. far as writing. And so, uh, that was one of the reasons we made the move to LA. Like okay. this thing is happening. I had won a contest and Dave Rath was being my manager along with a lot Wait, of you people. won a contest? Explain the contest. Oh, it's like the funniest person in all. Oh no. It was, it was, a uh, uh, laugh riots. It was called. Okay. And uh, and and so I came to L.A. What the fuck was that? It was a Comedy Central contest. It, Kyle Kinane was in my group. Chad Daniels. Wait, go a, a on. lot of comics How that have gone happen? on to be way better than me. Uh, no, no. Those but guys I, are incredible. I got second, and so that came with a premium blend. But, but it how came did, with a out. Montreal. How the fuck did you get into that? This is incredible. It was yeah. They set up cameras in clubs, and I was in the Austin showcase, yep. and I won that night. Yep. And then, so the the fifteen winners or whatever from these different cities would so came to Canaan one from Chicago the or something. key club where you know. Uh, uh, so and then Chad probably won from Minneapolis. So yeah. then you all went to where? To the key club on Sunset. And where the fuck is the key club? It's right by the whiskey. It's like where it's like been there forever. It was, okay. It's like a, and they had so then they you guys. Fucking, all, I watched Van Halen the other night and he mentioned the key. He's like, you know that space between the key club and the Rainbow Room? We used to hang out back there and we weren't smoking cigarettes. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And everyone's like, I think he's blowjobs. I don't know what yeah. he means. Yeah. He was real. Heroin maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know what you mean. It was a sex thing. I think yeah. that's oh, at that point yeah. he started humping a stool or something. Yeah. He was great though. I so you go there, you and Eddie. you come in second to that. Who won that? Uh, Elisa Gottman, who lived here, who I don't know. She didn't do stand up after that, but she opened that Oh My Ribs theater. That's oh, okay. Oh, that, owie, okay. kitty, kitty Jesus. loves to play. Yeah. I got to take the dangly mask oh, off. My oh leg. my, Oh My Ribs is where power violence put a hundred holes through the wall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's right next to that one. Oh, it's yeah. Right yeah. Next yeah, to yeah. 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 But uh, I haven't. She's great. I, I haven't talked to Lisa in a long time. But okay, it's so, fun. So she you, won that contest, and then she like. She spent the money and didn't do stand-up anymore. So through winning this contest, you get represented by Dave Rath, who's a, like a legendary, a great manager. It was a good contest because, yeah, you got a Montreal showcase. That's how I got new faces uh, and a premium blend. So, yeah. So you did premium blend? Way back. That yeah. was my premium blend was my favorite. I loved. Well, I loved live at Gotham because they gave longer sets. Yeah. But I really yeah. liked premium blend. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I mean, a lot of people didn't like how they edit your jokes. But I went too long there. That's another deal. Hughley was the host that year and he was 
drunk, I think, and he said my name wrong. He said, Chris Fairchild or something. And so I started walking out there and they're like, no. And I just kept going and grabbed the mic. And I had some lady was on stage trying to kiss DL. And so I riffed about that a little bit. And it took me like five minutes to get I went way too long. So I had to go back the next day and uh, and reshoot just going hearing my name and walking out to the microphone. Um, So I put my watch on the wrong wrist and had my hair like look at my hair right now yeah like, my hair is I, i'm gonna get it i right. throwed out my hair big it's and incredible. uh so if you're watching the it premium like blend you have a, it looks like you have a wig on dude that uh, honestly one of the times i i did well in the contest I, I bought five wigs that looked like my hair and i just wore them all at once and i kept <laughs> taking them you guys, I can't go on any longer. I have to tell you who I really am, and I peel off. It <laughs> oh, was such a, a dumb no, wig bit. No, that's a bit. really funny it, bit. Uh, that's how it got. Uh, wigs got me to the finals. Okay. Because I didn't have jokes yet. But oh uh, but anyway, yeah, they, I, I always wanted that. When we reshot that, there were some people sitting up front pretending to be in the audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't tell when you watch it, really. Uh, you can see my watch jump from one wrist to the other. But I wanted to be in the audience, like, laughing at myself. I was yeah. like, please... Can we do that? And they're like, yeah, that's funny. Okay. And then some lady came out and said, no, you're not going to hold up a mirror to how we edit the hell out of this show. Which, by the way, they cut my jokes up so much when I watched it. I'm like, oh, that is how I should tell that. They like trim the fat off <laughs> these jokes great. for me. And so I was happy with my premium blend. But... Who, who else was on your episode? Um, I think Chip Pope was there that year. Oh, my episode yeah. was... Lisa, it was the, these are the Laugh Riots contest winners. Oh, okay. So it was Lisa and me and uh, James Patterson and, God damn it, who's the other dude? Uh, Tom, Tom something, Tom McCaffrey. Great. Yeah, yeah um, dude. But, I mean, and then that leads to Montreal, which is like, okay, I mean, kind of once you do Montreal, you're like, um, and you have a TV credit, you're, you it can headline. It seemed to make sense. Quote, unquote. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what they tell you. But then I just moved to... LA and kind of struggled like no but then you were you on didn't you do uh last comic standing there's a few years gap there where I was like I maybe am not gonna do stand-up I I was just doing art when I moved here and and uh had a breakup and I was like uh just I was living with Tig by the beach and so you're kind of far away even though I lived at the beach 16 years I think in the beginning I probably should have been hitting it hard and going yep to the clubs and hanging out but i was just like i'm well, retired already well that's my that's my why i can't live in venice it's so fucking great I yeah, mean, yeah i'm like, I I'm like why would i leave it i have every everything yep. i like this year i ride my bike to to fucking the bar i without i mean nate uh and i lived together the last few years and and, and his career's going great mine was going fine i just feel like in the beginning when i first moved here mm-hmm. i should have been like hitting it hard that's and i was do going yeah. out a lot i was right. driving you know um well that's but that's, it would have been easier if i lived in so town. but so you have these you know few years but then you do last comic standing yeah i did that, that helped because i remember I, that was before i think i even moved here you did that yeah yeah I, I i always would make it like to here's the finalists yeah of this of tonight's remember they had all these like yes then or i was a semi-finalist but as long as they do a little profile on you at some point mm-hmm. So I would just always try and push for those. Maybe it's the only smart thing I've ever done. Like, <laughs> just damn. hang out around those guys as they're doing testimonials and talk to them. And then they're yeah. like, "All right, let's interview him." That was kind of funny. Yep. And then I was, and then I get on stage and kind of eat it during the stand-up. But they, 
But then they edit it to where, I mean, the last year I did, I, w I won't, don't think I'll do it again because the last year I did it, I ate harder than CISO. Time out. Didn't you famously, didn't um, Norm MacDonald shit on you? Was oh, that you? Oh, yeah, yeah, Will yeah. you tell that wow, story You have quick? a good memory, dude. Uh, the, it was, the judges were Norm MacDonald and uh, Roseanne Barr and then, and then, Day, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans, who I don't think ever even did stand up, but he, those were the judges. Okay. And I did not do, like, my last joke was like something describing a nightmare and saying, other than that one, you should always follow your dreams. And then Norm was like, you should not have. And I was like, what? Uh, I didn't. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, Anthony Jeselnik was hosting. He's like, I, Norm is saying he didn't like your comedy. How does that make you feel? And I was like, oh, my God, that's Norm MacDonald. Because <laughs> his face was all yeah. swollen. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, uh, now that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and then Roseanne Barr was like, you don't, I just don't understand. You're just weird. And you have a sweater and it's all these jokes. Just like I didn't learn anything about your life. And then I was like. Well, I'm glad you're not Roseanne from the 90s because then I might care what you thought. <laughs> and then, so I got, I, and, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to end up on this show now because I, I remember like, uh, remember when Cron, or, uh, Cronberg? What, yeah. What's, yeah. Ben what, Cronberg. He, ben Cronberg. Yeah, got, yeah. I don't like know why all them, of a sudden. He like made them angry. Yeah. Well, I may, and, but then, uh, you're being funny. Cronberg the Wayans was like, brother was like, yeah, yeah. I, Cronberg I, was like, fuck you. I was mad. Yeah. I mean, I got off stage and pushed shit over and was like, fuck this. I want off. I don't want to be in the thing. I was yeah. immediately trying to talk to editors. Mm -hmm. Same with Nate. We didn't take it well. We threw little white guy fits. Who? Nate? Craig, my roommate. Oh, at yeah. The time. Yeah, yeah. We both were like, that did not go well. Uh, but the the uh, Keenan Ivory Williams was like, hey, I clearly this guy's a funny guy. Maybe he just chose the wrong jokes tonight. And I was like, yes. Yes, I did. Thank you. So he was actually on yeah, my side. That's I, incredible. Yeah, so I like him. But, but and Norm apologized. No, this is what this is yeah. the best part of the joke. Because didn't like a year ago or something, Norm saw you at the store or saw you at the improv and was and tweeted like, "You're the funny." Like, tell me if I got this right. It, Norm tweeted about you. He's like, "Chris Fairbanks is one of the funniest people I've ever seen." And you're like. Well, a decade ago, you told me on national television I was trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of called him out on Twitter. And then he which, apologized. Yeah, he said, I've, at the time, it wasn't enough of your stand-up to gauge, but I have since seen more, and I'm a fan. And then I felt like a dick for... Right. Because uh, I don't do a lot of Twitter trolling. And, no. But it was really nice. Of him, so I'm back to... Now I feel bad for saying that his face was full. He looks great now. Now he we did. just need to get Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, we Roseanne. Get Roseanne to see your <laughs> yeah. full set. Ah, you mean Tom Arnold's ex? That's yeah. what I call her. Yeah, nice. My dad's always like, oh, I like Tom Arnold. He's funny. I like Tom Arnold. He's my great. sister. He's from, he's from Iowa. I should. He's. But we I, uh, yeah. I watched uh, again all these old movies. I'm watching. I'm watching all the movies. I watched uh, True Lies, and he's so good. And he's it. fucking great. Tom I Arnold's did, um, great. Yeah, I did. You're uh, right, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Tom Arnold is a good actor and a funny guy. Yeah. Okay, um, so all of this shit happens, and it's just you know, like, what what would you say was the, t the point where you were just like, I think this is gonna work out? Oh, ah, uh, boy, it's honestly, it's when it's more recent where I felt more comfortable because 
people. I do this podcast with Karen Kilgariff, and she has that big My Favorite Murder podcast. Oh, yeah. And it took a while for people to realize she had always had this other one with me where we just riff and You guys give people rides. We used to. Oh, yeah. Now it's more. I was like, it seems so. We still sometimes pick someone up and drive around their house or their neighborhood. Because the first idea was you guys dude, would give people a lift four the in the morning. We picked up Ian Carmel and drove him to the airport. Everyone's like, tired. No like, one. Because when I heard about it, I go, well, that's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. It on it sounds good to people, though, because it's like it's sure, to but, civilians. That but don't, to people who have to fly LAX to four times specifically. a month. We'll go to Burbank. We still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, now we don't go. I'm anywhere. excited to take an Uber to Burbank. I don't want to be on a podcast. I'm just like, we're yeah, going yeah, to yeah, yeah. Uber. No, a lot. Yeah, that's what we figured out is a lot of people after a flight, they're tired and don't want to talk. Or maybe they're on the way. They're nervous about being late. Like you're not getting a full captive right. person. So there is. But anyway, people listen to it. And now they go to my shows. And it's the only time where I felt like, oh, I have there's an audience. Like once you have people showing up mm-hmm. that like you. And yes. They, that's when I felt like, okay, I'm going to be okay. That's awesome. I've been struggling. Like, you have good years, and you know what it's like. It's like, yeah. oh, this is the year, I'm, but it could get taken away, and you're like, okay, I'm back to where I was 10 years ago, but it's hard to think of it that way. Yeah, but- I mean, dude, I started this podcast because I was just like, I want a way to be able to communicate uh, weekly with fans because otherwise you, 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 where the, you, you see me once a year if mm-hmm. I come through your fucking town. Um, and like, or, went, a, or even a late night set or something. Yeah, it's not was, enough. You, yeah. And I, when I got SNL, I was like, well, I'm never going to, I, I used to have that podcast probably signs. I was like, I'm not going to do, I probably sign someone on SNL. I'm a fucking movie star now. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's true. Like if you're on that every week, that's enough. You just, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. If it's podcast, if you're, once I got clued into these, these friends of mine started something called VidCon. They guys in Missoula. It's a huge thing. Now. No, I know those guys. I, um, Oh really? Yeah. What's, um, uh, I've, I've hung out with him because I've flown to Australia twice to go to VidCon. His name's Tom, oh, right? There is a couple dudes that his, started or Hank, it. His name's Hank. Hank. Yeah. Hank yeah. So I got, I've got drunk yeah. with Hank in oh, Melbourne, wow. Australia. Yeah. He's just a Missoula guy. That was one of these early vlogger guys. Yeah, really nice. And dude. they started, a. You know, hey, everyone, let's get together. We were, yeah, because that's where uh, I went there because I dated Grace Helbig, who is a big YouTube right. uh, personality and incredible uh, actress and blah, 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 good person. Um, and she, they flew her to fucking yeah. Australia and she brought me twice. So it was you incredible. see these kids that play video games or do how to straighten your hair tutorials and they have fans going out and the street it's the biggest like and uh, we're sitting trying to do stand-up so we can get one night on tv or or maybe a part forgettable part on a show i really admire grace so much because she went she was like that model's not working for me this get a manager get an agent i'm just gonna go straight to the fucking straight to the people and it's exactly what you should do yeah yeah Uh, for some reason i never was interested i still don't have a youtube presence i have i mean it's tough it's hard work man those guys like their their work ethic is insane the successful ones yeah Yeah. and it all boils down to i think every day do it like Mm, no she made a video every day for five years yeah oh that see that's insane yeah and then wrote two books that were really successful wow yeah um what are we doing yeah, I know. I've been telling some of my dick jokes are 15 years old, and oh. I've just kind of tweaked them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what you were saying, the, the VidCon, Hank, that clued you into what? 
Um, well, my closer friends, one of them helps, or uh, Colin Hickey, and my very good friend, Andy Chemist, who's a photographer for them every mm -hmm. year. He takes, he was telling me, like, oh, yeah, the, just the fan base these yes. kids have. That, and I'm like, that we, as a comic, only huge names to us are yeah. even touching those kind of numbers. It's right. Like, remember nope. when there's billboards all over town a few years ago? It's that like was, YouTube. That was Grace. It, yeah. Grace all, was like on the cover. Grace was like the side of like the W Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's millions of people that listen. Dude, there's two, tune pe in. two people. Are, the two most famous people have ever been around are John Oliver and Grace. Yeah. Because, yeah. And but like to us, we're like, of course, John. And but just like Grace just reaches people in a way that we don't realize. There's, and it's young people usually, yeah. too, which is like, oh, yeah. man. Um, yeah. It was, it's it's people shake and stuff you know it's like have you ever shook when you met somebody uh i think i do i even get kind of nervous when i am around jeff amanda or someone like oh, i yeah. look up to or even pro skaters that like i skate early mornings at like 7 a.m i skate these curbs and every once in a while there's a pro there that i like dude i had a wall dedicated to this guy of magazine yeah. cutouts and now i'm just skating with him and we're both kind of rusty and it's like but I try and have a conversation and my voice wavers and I'm a weirdo. I'm still like a 15 year old uh, skater. Kid. When I had the Eddie Vedder thing, I went up, tried to meet him. I was too shaky. I went and composed myself and <laughs> came back and that worked really well. Yeah, so next yeah. time you're skating with, you know, uh, Gator, the guy who, you know, chopped up his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's put to death. Uh, I don't know about that, but he definitely died in jail, right? Uh, I don't think he died. I, I think he is still just forever in prison. Yeah, yeah. He, he like chopped up a woman that looked like his girlfriend. Oh. Like, you're her friend. I'm going to make her jealous. Nah, I'm going to chop you up and try and put you in a board, a surf bag. Like, there's a documentary about yeah. it. It's crazy. Either, so next I never time, liked the guy, just for the record. Next time you're skating with Gator, just, you know, if you get a little shaky, Again, take a step back. I don't skate back. at prisons. <laughs> Wee Man, I uh, skate with Wee Man sometimes, like uh, oh, Jason Acuna. He seems so nice. Yeah, he's been skating a lot lately, and he's had injuries, all those guys. Well, have, I, I used but. to live with Wit, and I would just go with him to the skate park, and I, I got okay. I, You know, I could, like, go in and yeah, out. Yeah, you like, skate. I know you skate. Right, yeah. but, like, I got... You know, I'm not doing any tricks, but I could like drop in, not on the pool, of course. Yeah, but yeah. But that was really, that felt good. Dude, that's but all I want to do now, too. All I've been doing is like trying to learn my little flip tricks mm -hmm. and my leg doesn't work. It's got a mind of his own now. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, his own. It's got its own gender and penis. It's behind my knee. Nice. No, I. Uh, it's just a weird leg. Uh, but I, I, when I go to skate parks, I'll, I'm the same. I just want to cruise around. And Yeah, it's so fun. And then I remember when a pro would come, Wit would whisper, yo, what's up? And yeah, then yeah. we would just watch this dude shred. Yeah, yeah fucking shred you can that's the coolest you can be it's Just so fun a pro yeah. skater kids look up to at a skate park with kids because i mean it's the a rare sport where the pros do have to hang out with them yeah yeah because there's not a lot of fucking there's no nfl stadiums you gotta hang out with kids you gotta hang out with homeless people you gotta like yeah. that movie that jonah hill made i thought it was kind of cool i liked that movie and it reminded i didn't see me. it it's called the 90s right 90s? yeah mid 90s it, it really did the just everything from T-shirts to music to everything, the the ambiance of the movie was there. But it did show them like, and one of the homeless guys is played by Del the Funky Homo Sapien, who was like one of my favorite rappers back then. But oh, yeah. but they they did touch on that. Like every skate spot is going to have you're hanging around, and in Missoula too, we would hang out with these these 
40-year-old guys that were homeless that were like out of prison and we knew their names or street preachers or all these like characters around town that everyone kept at a distance. But if you're skating with them, you're like around them all the time Mm -hmm. and knowing their names, it's, it's an interesting part of skating. Like you have to hang out with little kids and homeless people and you know you're out in the street it's yeah. a bizarre no other sport is like that well yeah. bottom line tell gator what's up <laughs> hey <I'm>, again <laughs> just for the record these listeners he's, he's, i'm not friends with any convicts um so <laughs> that's not true you're friends with comics there's definitely some <laughs> yeah yeah oh, it turns out yeah uh so um so the podcast you do with karen is called what? Uh, do you need a ride? Do you need a ride? And it's no longer rides. Yes, yes. Do you uh, need to listen to two people talking from their yeah. fr- I remember, living dude, rooms? I remember I got to get, I have to get Karen and um, uh, Georgia on this podcast, but it's like intimidating to ask because of the podcast queens. Yeah, yeah. It is always like it because, uh, you know, they they have such a following. It's like, well, I know you stand to gain nothing by being on mine, but will you? It's yeah. a different audience, and that is true. Like, well, I just I it's went to always their, a different audience. I went to their very first my my favorite murder live show. It was in Portland. Oh wow, and, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Then they had me come up on stage and tell a story about a murder from my hometown. Oh, rad. Yeah. Uh, and it was like just I was. Well, a gr- you're an alum then. Well, sure, but I'm saying yeah. I remember backstage afterwards, whoever their touring agent was for CAA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vince was there, and their uh-huh. touring agent was giving them notes. On what they should do, and I just pulled Vince aside and go, "Get him the fuck out of here!" Because did you see how packed that shit was? Yeah, they should change nothing. Yeah, that was yeah, goddamn, the coolest show I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I went. I bet that guy isn't whispering in their ear. No, anymore. I doubt yeah, it because yeah. it was their first one, man. And then you know what? You know, oh, to tie it all together, I was in. Um, Melbourne, Australia, while they were there doing fucking My Favorite Murder. Oh, so me yeah. And Vince yeah. Met, up, met up and got drunk like in last the middle of the year day. Or something. Yeah, like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I and remember that tour. They sold out this giant, cool place in Melbourne. And I remember I just tried to walk up to it because I was doing a show that night. And I was like, I'm friends with them. And they're like, that's not how this place fucking works. This is yeah, a comedy yeah. club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the, and that is an, uh, a testament to the following that something like a podcast because I wasn't there. I no one really knew about her other podcast, but now I have, there's plenty of people from Melbourne saying, Hey, will you, when are you coming to do stand up here? Because of my, yeah, well, also degree of it's separation. just really nice. Now we're just giving compliments. It's really nice that <laughs> such funny people like Georgia and Karen, like had these other projects and we're always that funny. And it took this, this little sl- slit in the door that uh, somebody found out about them that ex- their careers blew up. Yeah, I think Georgia, but they've always been that Georgia was smart and knew how to do that already. Like she had, I I did Jordan Jesse go with her a long time ago. She had like a cooking show, mm-hmm. and it was a self made popularity that yeah. she started. It's great. So she knew how to do that. Karen and I didn't know. We're just like, we're, <laughs> let's be funny and drive her out. So it was great that that they met. Awesome. And, well, check know. out that podcast. Do you need a ride? And um, I guess my favorite murder. We're, we're really yeah, promoting it yes. over here. Uh-huh. Uh, and what? But most importantly, where can they watch your new special? Thanks. Uh, it's at we're gnarly dot com. W.E.R.E.N.A.R.L.Y. <laughs> or or you just made it hard. It's I know, but you made it, it, hard. it had to have a home. We're gnarly. We, it was. Like, is it W E R E? There's no G. No, there's no G. I know. What are you doing, Mary? 
it is the Whitey, the guy that made it, used to make snowboard videos. I knew him way back sure. in the nineties. And I mean, he I'll had put a link this, in this episode. Just we were like, ultimately, it'll be on Amazon and stuff. But for now, we're like, where do we have to put it somewhere so people can go to a URL? Yep. And so, but if you Google Chris Fairbanks Rescue Cactus, it'll come up, and it's a Vimeo on demand. So if you go to Vimeo and type Chris Fairbanks, you can, sure. Or that's maybe click, easier. Click to the remember. episode. Click up. Click weirdandearly.com in this episode <laughs> description and watch it. It's. I haven't seen. I just watched, but I've seen your the so trailer. Yeah, yeah. You, you, um, you, most of the jokes would be familiar. But to you. fuck, it, you are so goddamn funny. And where did you shoot that? And when did you shoot it? Yeah, the the part I was excited for everyone to see is the opening. Uh, we shot this action movie opening that uh, it here in Venice, and then the show was in Portland at the Mississippi Studios. Oh, I've done I've done, I've done that place. That place is incredible. Yeah, yeah, and they're nice guys there. Uh, they freaking rule. Yeah, I really liked it, and the audience was great. Yeah, and uh, it was a perfect. When did you night. shoot it? Over a year ago, oh, like okay. it took that long to Tig Nataro was helping with editing and stuff, kind of mm. pre-production stuff. It looks great. Stuff and uh, and then you know it just takes time to get it all finished. Yeah, and, and, well, I was uh, gonna shoot one April April second here at Best Fish, and fucking Corona. So no, that'd know. be great to do it there. You probably could do it there, and you can't. We really? were. Go- yeah, I mean, there's no crew. Yeah, like, maybe. No. And also, I was going to do it there. I'm I'm annoyed now because I still am going to do it there. And people are going to be like, oh, because of Corona. I'm like, no, I was going to do the first goddamn outdoor yeah, special. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was doing Chappelle fucking Chappelle yeah, shit yeah, before. Yeah. But I didn't tape it. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, know. All I, right. Well, I'm excited to go watch it. I honestly will go watch it. I watched Hannibal's last night. Uh, oh, I really need to good. watch it. Yeah, I need to. So I like, I don't know. I if you would have told me, like, hey, in the summer of 2020, you're going to be watching stand-up specials, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. No, I'm not. But I miss it. Yeah, I yeah. literally watched Hannibal's special. I was like, oh, I forgot I actually love stand-up. I, I, I don't watch a lot of stand-up specials either, and I have been lately. I yeah. miss it. I miss watching stand-up. I miss hanging out with comics. Well, this it. has been really nice. Chris. This is similar. This was like, yeah. if I'll go home and probably have some after-party drinks because yeah, this I'm, seemed like a human interaction. Well, yeah. I mean, also, it is. I mean, it, it, these <laughs> interviews, like, because when I do them, in person become less inter- like less what the podcast is about and more of just like bullshitting because yeah like, yeah i never see anybody this is fucking great yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah so chris thanks so much for doing it guys course, check out um chris's new special i'm going to i'm excited to see this opening um and chris i know you listen to every episode and you're a huge intro i'm a fan. podcast head uh so you know <laughs> always i let the guest take us out You've been listening to Brooks Whelan's podcast with a name I do not remember. Tune in next time.